Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, it's E. Sparky. Five for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out live from the Wendy's studios here on the fan. Don't forget when the Bucks win, you win at Wendy's within 24 hours after every Bucks victory at any participating Wisconsin Wendy's. Get yourself a free frost. Anytime we talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, it's presented by your local pick and save stores. Joining us now, he is the best. Eric Name uh, covers the Bucks for the Athletic. Uh, and Eric, first things first, get your thoughts on something said by uh, in a podcast the other day uh, from Simmons, I believe it was, uh, talking about Mark Lazary possibly looking uh, to sell uh, his ownership stake of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, your thoughts on that and what you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, I think with Mark Lazary, uh, he's, to me, someone who is uh, first and foremost a businessman, um, someone that I think when you see a price like Matt Ishbia paid for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think you start to wonder, okay, maybe maybe I should sell my stake in this team and make, I mean, tenfold or whatever might be uh, on what I paid for the team back in 2015, uh, and you know, get out and make my deal and and that can be the way it is. Um, so I think kind of some of the things that I've heard over the years is that. You know, Lazary is someone that's always willing to listen, uh, you know, no matter what the deal might be. Uh, if it's good enough, he, he could be interested. And and I think that might be kind of the point of, of any of those rumors and any of the things that you're hearing with, you know, Mark Lazary and what he might want to do with his stake uh, in the team is just the fact that we're at a spot where uh, NBA valuations are, I mean, skyrocketing. They, they've reached a place where, uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine uh, you and I talking 10 years ago would have been like, oh, yeah, the Phoenix Sun's worth $4 billion. Uh, no, right. I don't think so. Yep. Uh, but, but that's kind of the spot where we're at. Uh, everyone can kind of see the next TV deal coming where there's going to be a, a huge windfall for all of the owners. Uh, owners can also see that, oh, by the way, maybe they're thinking about expansion, and that's two teams paying the expansion fee, which is money straight into the pocket of owners. Um, to me, this is just a, a spot where those valuations keep creeping up. And with expansion teams potentially coming, uh, there's been a lot of talk about adding two more teams to the NBA. Uh, there's more money into the pocket for owners if you get in now. Um, I think we are going to continue to see prices rise. And, you know, if you are Mark Lazary and you're in this, you know, strange ownership uh, kind of group where, for five years, you get to be on the board of governors seat, and then five years you don't, uh, and you got two years left on on that seat. 
maybe you don't love the idea of the, the five years after that where you're not on the seat and you have to relinquish that back to Wes Edens, who, who took the first five years. Uh, now we are in the second five years of this ownership group. So uh, I do think it, it's, to me, more than anything, a spot where Mark Lazary is a businessman. He is, uh, you know, by by trade, a trader. He that, that That is kind of what he does for his living. So, so to me, that's kind of more than anything what you're hearing. I don't know if it, it is a spot where he's actively thinking, oh, yes, I need to sell, but I do think it's to a point where these valuations have gotten to a point where I don't think anyone really saw them getting. Uh, and, and I think Mark Lazio is someone who, who just tends to listen when those things come up. My thing is, uh, and I've been saying this for a couple of years, and I, I don't know if you and I talked about it um, texting one another at some point or not, my my little conspiracy uh, theory idea that I had. But I, I, I thought for a while now that e- either Edens or Lazary would probably break off uh, in an attempt to, to go by the Knicks from James Dolan uh, if and when that deal comes about, when Dolan decides you know he's ready to sell. Obviously, there's no talk of James Dolan being ready to sell as of right now in the media. But would that make sense to you if Lazary at some point ends up in a group to buy the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, I think both those guys are, are New Yorkers, right? And right. Everybody, everybody loves the Knicks, and everybody knows how big that franchise can be. Um, and, and when you are thinking about potentially getting out in Milwaukee, um, I think you have to think about the profit and how much money you make. And, uh, you know, if you want to be a part of buying the Knicks at some point, uh, you got to find a way to make even more money, right? Because uh, if, if it's $4 billion for... For the Phoenix Suns, I've, man, I don't, I truly cannot imagine what it might be for the Knicks in a couple of years. So, uh, you know, making that type of deal where you move up and, and get some more money and then you're able to buy in, yeah, I, I could see something like that. Uh, and who knows what the future holds, but, yeah, valuations of teams are going crazy. And, yeah, if that, if that Knicks franchise ever goes up, there will be no shortage uh, of people that have made billions of dollars in New York that would want a piece of that team. Uh, Eric, let's, let's talk about the, the team on the floor. You know, we do the Green and Growing podcast, me and uh, Nathan Marzian, and I, watching Twitter, I uh, I think people are confused or have forgotten. Like, getting upset over regular season games, I mean, you know you were here as an intern back in the day. You've watched me blow my lid over stuff. You've been on the radio with me when I've blown my lid. Uh, it, it's one thing when you're trying to compete for a playoff spot and try to barely just get into the playoffs. Um, it's another thing when you're trying to prove that you're one of the top four teams in the league and are fighting for home court advantage. But when you win a championship just two years ago and possibly would have won another one last year had Middleton been healthy and able to play and, and been you know in Chris Middleton form, I don't see really the the reasoning behind freaking out in December over you know, what the Bucks look like in a game or two in the month of December. I, I kind of hold judgment on that until I see what they do at the trade deadline. Let's see who's healthy, who's not come up middle to end of March and see how they're playing at that point. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's been an interesting year uh, because I do think in many ways that championship feeling uh, has worn off. And you can call it entitlement or you can call it whatever you want. I, I just think it's being a fan. Um, where you don't like to hear, well, you know, we should have won or we could have won if this thing or that thing happened. Well, you know, they didn't win last year. And and I think that has brought back some of uh, the angst that kind of comes with trying to figure out how good your team is and, you know, if they can really win a championship. And uh, I think another part of it is Boston Celtics are really good. 
Like as much as people might want to say that the Bucks would have beat them last year with Middleton, and I believe that I do think the Bucks would have beat them with Chris Middleton. Uh, it still didn't happen. And you watch them play on Christmas Day. They put up 139 points. Uh, many of the same things that bothered the Bucks last year bothered them again on Christmas, which makes sense because Chris Middleton is still not on the floor. Um, but I do kind of get the the nervousness or uh, the the angst around the team not being quite as good as you might have hoped, even though they are very good. They're they're at the top of the league. Uh, I do I think understand it in some ways. Last year I think it was easy to say like, oh, you know, we won a championship last year. We'll be fine. We'll get through it. Uh, I can get it this year. You know, maybe you're you're starting to think uh, the team might not have it anymore. I think going into the year, one of the major concerns that Bucks fans rose to me when you know I published the the one-on-one interview I did with John Horace at the Athletic at Summer League uh, and questioned him about, well, you brought back the exact same team. Why why do you think that team is going to win when they lost last year? Uh, the main concern from Bucks fans was like, hey, we're getting old. You know, you look at the roster; it's just a bunch of old veterans. You don't have the same balance. You don't have the same athleticism. And then the Bucks go on a four-game road trip where frankly, they get ran off the floor in a couple of those games by teams outrunning them, outpacing them, out-athleting them. Uh, All of a sudden, all of the the concerns that you had before the season are laid bare. And and, and I think that, to me, is kind of where a lot of this comes from from fans. And I know no one wants to hear excuses, but, you know, if you read my story when the schedule first came out in the summer, I mentioned the fact that, hey, the Bucks are going to play 14 games in 26 days in December. And all of them, except four, are going to be on the road. And there's going to be stretches in December where they come home for two days for a single game, and then they go back out on the road. They come home for two days for a single game, and then go back out on the road. And it's pretty much just one extended long road trip. And every schedule has these, right? Right. No, yep. no. All all thirty teams go through it. Yep. It it's not a unique problem to the Milwaukee Bucks, but these are the realities of an NBA schedule. There's probably going to be a month where the schedule's just not going to be favorable, and that's how it goes. And you try to get through it. And I think overall the Bucks did a pretty good job getting through it. But I think when you saw that four game road trip, they just didn't have the legs. And, and we'll see if two days off and going to Chicago on Wednesday uh, brings it back, and they're able to look bouncy and young and vibrant again i think they will uh but these things happen and and i understand the angst i understand the nervousness uh because many of the concerns bucks fans had at the start of the year were preyed on during that four game road trip i'll tell you what i'm a little um getting a little frustrated by as a wisconsin sports fan you know you you have acl injuries and you know guys are coming back in nine months whatever the case may be and i watch bakhtiari now two years in and we're still having issues one way or the other with that knee, and now he's got the appendicitis and all that stuff going on. But Middleton, same type of deal. I think there were some people thinking, okay, Middleton will be okay coming off his injury. Maybe he'll be able to play in the playoffs. That didn't happen. You get a summer, he comes back. He's still not ready to go. Now he does come back, uh, and now it's on again, off again. Are you concerned this is going to be a lingering thing? Because the one thing I will say is if if Middleton's not healthy and, and can't help them in the playoffs, then it may very well be the same fate as it was last year if he's not ready to go. Yeah, for sure. And again, if, if we're talking about me being able to understand why fans might be a little bit on edge, like this is one of the reasons, right? Like 
Chris Middleton not coming right back and being 100% right away. Uh, that hurts. That makes it a little bit more confusing. But overall, I don't think it's going to be a long-term problem. I think, uh, you know, kind of Chris is going through, you know, a little bit of knee soreness and, uh, you know, he's still working on the wrist. And I just think as you come back from an injury, you got to be ready to go. And, and Chris seems like just had a little bump in the road. And these, I, I do think these things tend to happen. Um, maybe not to the same, same extent that Chris has had it happen now where he's missed five straight games. But I do think you see him get back on the floor and get right uh, pretty quickly because, again, this is – it's an off-season wrist injury. It was a knee injury during the playoffs. He's had time to, to rehab it and, and try to get it right. Uh, but, like you said, sometimes things don't go 100% right. So I don't think any of us know – a hundred percent that he will be exactly who he should be until he gets on the floor and does it. So uh, I think these, these next couple of weeks will be really telling. We'll be able to see if it is going to be something where uh, you hope it doesn't happen. Like, you know, Bakhtiari, as you mentioned, uh, but, but overwhelmingly the people that I talk to around the team all believe that this is just a, a minor bump in the road. Chris will be ready to go and, and back to doing all the things that he's done over the years. And, and we'll see if that ends up being the case. Another thing we we've been talking about at Green and Growing uh, on that podcast is you know what this team really needs and talking about you know is it a wing defender is that really what they need um, or or do they need more offense and, and to me uh, and I might be by myself on this I, I really think they need a guard that can really just come in and provide some kind of instant offense now again I'm going to throw out a guy that was unbelievable as a sixth man in Luke Williams. But but a guy like that that can come off the bench and give you that instant offense somewhat consistently because right now you know Bobby Portis provides you that offense for sure but it's it's not the same as having a guard that can do that uh, off of the bench for you what do you think is maybe their missing piece right now that they should look to address Yeah I think to me it's, it's trying to figure out what you're going to do at the two uh, in the postseason um, I think we've seen them and again. This is an older veteran. I think they kind of tried it with DJ Augustine where it was like, all right, uh, we'll just give him the ball. He can run the offense. He can, he can do some of these things. And it didn't totally work out. And that's not to say DJ Augustine was like the perfect guy for that or anything uh, of that nature. But I do wonder with Mike Bootholder as the head coach, if that's really, uh, you know, that sixth man microwave type guy can thrive here. I do have questions about that. So to me, the biggest question is, I think we've seen from Grayson Allen, they've asked a ton of Grayson. Uh, this year, it's not just shoot eight threes a game and hit 40% of them. It's uh, shoot five threes a game, but then also drive and create and get to the rim and do all these things that we need because Chris Middleton is still out. Um, to me, once Chris Middleton comes back, you can put Grayson back in that role, but I still have questions about him defensively. So to me, I think it's finding someone with a little bit more size at the two who can stay on the floor and hold up a little bit better on those switches against Tatum, against Brown. Uh, you saw it on Christmas Day. You're going to have to go through the Celtics. That's to me, that's just the fact of the matter. I think you have to be figuring out how do we put guys on the floor that can stay on the floor against the Celtics. And I, to me, the big question right now is what happens at the two, because I think as Joe Ingles gets healthier, uh, as you have Pat Connaughton come back and, and do all the things that Pat does, I don't really know that you have more minutes at the three or the four. Uh, and I know Jay Crowder is someone that's been mentioned a lot. I don't know how he gets on the floor. And if he does get on the floor, 
which guys you're taking off the floor. I don't know if that's a, a, a proposition you really want to be a part of. So, so to me, it's the two, what do you do at shooting guard? How do you get someone that you know you can trust in the postseason? Yeah, I'm just, I, I know there's a lot of people that love Pat Connaughton and, and everything he does. I, I just, I, I would love to see an upgrade there, even though I know that's not going to happen because he's a huge chemistry guy. Uh, one last question, Brooke Lopez, will he be an all-star? Man, I don't think so. I, it, it's always hard for big men to try to get in there. Um, there's just not as many spots ever. You're going to try to use those, you know, 12 spots on wings and forwards. And I think it's hard for centers to get in there. Uh, so I don't think he will. Uh, I think you'll see his numbers come down a little bit as Chris Middleton comes back on the floor and as we, as we get closer to voting. Uh, I just don't know that in Milwaukee it's fun and it's cool and it's like, oh, yeah, let's get Brooke into his first All-Star game in a decade. But I don't think there's anyone else thinking that around the country. And I think that's kind of where it gets difficult. Coaches will certainly understand his impact and know how good he's been. Um, but the all-star game isn't about defense. Um, no, no one's really dying to have Brooke Lopez in the middle of the lane, uh, swatting shots and doing all that. I think the, the coaches will probably lean a little bit younger uh, and, you know, think about a guy like, I mean, even like a guy like Jared Allen in Cleveland, yeah. uh, who's been so big for them as they've tried to get back to it. Uh, I think the, the lean is always for, for a little bit younger and stuff like that. So I don't think Brooke Lopez will have enough to get into the All-Star game. Eric Name of The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore name. He is the best. Uh, love talking to him about Bucks basketball and NBA in general. Eric, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. For more great Bucks coverage, check out the Green and Growing podcast with Nathan Marzian and myself, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Whether it be on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple, we record on Tuesday and Thursday nights, posted to your feeds on Wednesday and Friday mornings. Look forward uh, to hearing from you on Twitter. Tweet me at Sparky Radio. Have a good one. Toodles. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.